A review of yesterday's daf. Yesterday was daf nun. Today is nun aleph. We have a man for shleima for Amy Bastvayer, Michal Aviva, Bas Yehudas, and Hadas Basronia, and all else who need Yehuda Leib Ben Basheva for shleima. And uh, let's get right to the review of yesterday's daf. Probably, probably one of the most famous stories in all of Gemara is the story of Rabbi Akiva, and uh, he was the shepherd of Kalba Subua. And he ended up uh, marrying Kalbasavu's daughter, who's a very wealthy man. He was a lowly shepherd, a son of beautiful. Gerim. Was she beautiful? Of course, she was beautiful. Ah, All the women are beautiful. Mati, what's with you? Ay, 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 never. So you have to train. You have to train. <laughs> Who's not beautiful, Mati? I would like to hear a name. Okay, sure. Okay, that's okay. Anyway, so um, what happened was is that when Kalbus Subo heard that his daughter married, uh, got betrothed to his uh, to his um, got betrothed to 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 this lowly shepherd who was a complete ignoramus. He knew nothing. He didn't even know how to read Aleph base, Nothing. Um, so uh, he cut her off from everything. And then she got married in the winter time, towards the winter, and they were sleeping on straw. That's all they had. And um, in the morning, when she had to go get up in the morning, she, she, was, uh, she had straw in her hair. And Rabbi Kiva would pick out the straw, and he said that if I have an opportunity, one day Hashem will give me bracha, I'll put on you a crown of the golden, uh, the golden tiara of did he ever get the tiara for her? Yes, yes, he yes, he did, he did. Eventually, eventually, yeah, eventually. Meantime, Eliyahu Navi, to give them chizuk, um, made himself appear like a man, knocked on the door. He said, maybe you have some extra straw that you could share. And that made them feel like, you know, we're not in the worst position, even though it was completely imaginary. But, you know, it's all in your head. If you feel that there's somebody else that's Suffering need, more need than more, you, yeah. that's you more needy than makes you. Makes you feel good. It makes you feel <laughs> suffering. You know, makes you, not that way, but I'm saying, feel, let's say, it could be worse. It could be worse. We could be without straw. Okay. Um, and therefore, you, you're thankful. Anyway, bottom line is, she sent him to Yeshiva. It was her insistence. You go to Yeshiva, you could, you could make something of yourself. So for 12 years, he went to Yeshiva uh, by Rebbe Lezer and Rebbe Shua, and he grew and he became a great, great Tamachacham even over those 12 years, just. When he came back home, he overheard from the back of the house a Russia talking to his wife, saying that, oh, your father did the right thing by cutting you off. Look at you. You married this guy who's a no-good Nick. Uh, um, number one, he's not on your same stature. He was from a lowly family. You come from such a wealthy family. And second of all, you're, you're, you're a, a living widow. So look at that, he ignored you for all these 12 years. Um, uh, he's a bank vetcher, okay? Um, you know what that is? He sits on the bench all the time. That's, what that, that's the derogatory term for people. You see the people who sit and learn, they call them bank vetchers. They just sit and learn. Is it derogatory or derogatory. It's derogatory. It's derogatory. It's derogatory. You don't work. You don't, don't do nothing. Not you don't make money. Well, you're learning Torah. What's the deal? Hello. You know, I... Okay. I'm so proud of him. Yeah. See that? Good. Good. Amazing. I trained you in only 20 years. See that? <laughs> Something's sticking. Okay. If anyway. your son in law would sit in the, the yeshiva, you wouldn't be that happy. Okay? Yeah, yeah, what is this? Okay. He said he has three jobs. <laughs> okay. Anyway. 
So bottom line is uh, he was he was uh, so for so for so he heard that. So she said, you know what? If he would go back for another twelve years, I'd be even happier. Um, and and he said, oh, I have permission. He went back for another twelve years, and he came back with twenty four thousand students. And uh, she wanted to greet him. And another Russia says to her, it's like, where do you think you're going? You're dressed like that in rags? You can't go greet the great rabbi. And he's like, she's like, don't worry, he'll don't recognize worry. me. And uh, sure enough, um, when she came out, um, um, you know, they, they were like trying to push her away. He said, no, 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 you don't understand. All of my Torah, all of your Torah is her Torah. She's the only one who gets all the merit for the Torah that we've that I learned that I, and that you learned from me. And um, anyway, bottom line is probably again one of the most famous lines. As soon as Kabbalah uh, got wind that his son-in-law is no no longer this ignorant shepherd, but the the greatest leader of Klal Yisrael with the biggest yeshiva, he uh, he was closer on his neder and uh, gave him from all of his wealth and. Um, and then the Gemara tells us that actually Rabbi Kiva got wealthy from six different means of wealth. Was Rabbi Kiva wealthy by then or no? At that point, well, no, as, in, as a Rashiva, not yet, but the, the Kilva Suva, that was one. I don't know, the other stories, we don't know when that happened. But anyway, so the first one was Kalba Um The next one was this Eilid Svinto, which was like, he used to have like a, it sounds like a masthead in the shape of a deer. Uh, that they would fill with gold, and that was like their good luck charm, that the ship should travel speedily like a deer, like a ram, whatever. And um, and then, um, uh, whatever, he w- found it on the beach, and they left it there, and he, whatever, he got wealthy from that. Another time, there was this chest that uh, that was, he one time gave money, a random amount of money to, like four zoos to, the, to a shepherd, uh, not to, to, to sailors, so that they'll bring them back something from their travels. And they couldn't find anything, and they just found this little chest over there. So they said, oh, it was lying there on the beach. So they said, okay, let's just bring that, we'll give that to him. And they said, you know, look, you know, we, this is really, you know, it's an old box, you know, what could it be worth? But you know what, we'll find something else next time. And uh, uh, sure enough, they opened it up, and it was filled with gold. And what was the story behind it? It was the, There was a ship at sea that was sinking and they put all of their wealth in this one box and eventually they all died but the 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 box made it to shore and uh that's what it was there's another uh story with the uh matron uh that was a roman noblewoman who lent money to rabbi kiva for his yeshiva um uh, to to pay for the expenses and then when when um when it came time to pay um, Rebbe Kiba was sick, and she had made. She said, "If you can't make it, then what's the guarantee? I'll get my money." So she picked the guarantor to be the sea and God, and uh, she so picked it. Or, or she picked it. Oh, she she picked. picked it, and uh, he's like, "Okay, <laughs> if you say so." Okay, and uh, basically, um, she went to the sea on the day that the money was due. He said, "Rebbe Kiba, I think was sick, but he can't make it. But I need my money." Um, so I'm calling on the guarantor to make good on his guarantee, and sure enough, there was this uh, princess on the other side of the ocean that went nuts right then and there, and threw this, uh, you know, gathered a lot of wealth from her from the palace, and just threw it in a box and threw it into the ocean, and then it just took, came across and came right in front of her at her feet, 
And she's like, thank you very much for paying back the debt. And she took it in, and then when Rabbi Kiva came afterwards, after, after he got better, and brought the wealth, the, all that money, she's like, no, no, your guarantor paid everything, and even then some, and therefore here's the excess. Not only don't you owe me a dime, but here's the extra money that I got. Um, so he made money from that. Obviously, he didn't have to repay the debt. And the next one was from the wife of Turnus Rufus, a Russia. Turnus Rufus was a Roman officer who used to always be constantly fighting, arguing with uh, Rabbi Akiva, who Rabbi Akiva was always winning him in arguments. And then finally, she, his wife realized how upset, uh, how upset he was. So um, she asked permission to try and seduce Rabbi Akiva, which she did try to do, and Rabbi Akiva spat laughed and cried. And she says, what's, what's that all about? He, meaning he didn't really give in, but what was that all about? He said, the spitting is to remind us where, where we all come from, which is a putrid drop. Um, the, the crying, I'll explain to you also, that you know, such beauty is eventually going to be buried in the ground. But the laughing, I, I'm not going to explain. And that was, the laughing was because he saw in the Ruch HaKodesh that eventually she's going to repent and she, he will become... Uh, the wife of Rebekiva. She had asked him, is there a path forward for me? I feel guilty for what I did. And she and he said, yes, you can do tshuva. And sure enough, she did, and she repented, and she became a gyoras, and she actually ended up marrying Rebekiva later on. And the last story is Katia Bar Shalom. second wife after his wife was Nifter? That, it isn't, doesn't give the details, but uh-huh. Rebekiva lived to 120, so uh-huh. this is, it could have been after his wife died. Uh-huh. Okay. And the last story is um, with Ketir Bar Shalom. Ketir Bar Shalom was a um, was a Roman officer, and he uh, uh, he uh, defended the Jews because the, the, the Caesar wanted to kill the Jews, and Ketir Bar Shalom um, bested him in argument. So he said, "Well, you, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to uh, kill the Jews, but." Um, since you bested me, you have to get killed. And uh, on the way, he gave himself a bismillah, and uh, he gave all of his wealth to um, Rabbi Kiva v'chaverov. So half of his wealth ended up by Rabbi Kiva. And that was the story with that. Took us to the next one, which um, also Rav Gamda gave four to the to the sailors uh, to bring something back, and they couldn't find anything. Finally found a, a monkey. Meantime, the monkey went and uh, ran into, like, escaped from their hands and went into this hole. And they dig, dug after the monkey, and they found that he was uh, a, a, a bunch of valuables that he was, you know, in the hole. And they just gave everything to to Rav Gamda. Um, the daughter of the Caesar soldier, Rabbi Shubhachan, another story that uh, how, do you, how come Torah, such a beautiful Torah, is in such an ugly vessel? So he said, why don't you look for, at, at your father, at the, at, the, at the Caesar? Where does he keep his wine? Wine is uh, so special. Where do you keep your wine? And uh, he keeps it in, uh, in earthenware, you know, ugly-looking vessels. So um, why not keep it in something more beautiful? So she put the wine in, into silver and, and gold, and of course the wine turned sour. Um, so... Um, so, so she, so he, he, so he said to her, "That's how that's how Torah is that, that it stays better, and um, and uh, ugly vessel." So she says, "But aren't there handsome people that are also learned?" So he said, "If they were uglier, they would be even more learned." 
Um, and that took us to another story uh, about a woman who came before Rav Yudah to be judged, and she lost the judgment, and then she said, uh, Shmuel, your Rebbe would have judged this way? And it's like, oh, you know Shmuel? So she's like, sure, I know. He's short, he's fat, he has his dark skin, and he has big teeth. Um, and uh, he said, you, you, you're telling me this to embarrass him, to say something denigrating? You should be put in cherem, which is what the rule is for somebody who denigrates a Talmud Chacham, and she ended up dying. Um, ended up what? Dying, dying. Gestorben. Okay. Because she... Was mevazah Talmud Chacham. Now, she didn't just describe the rabbi, she described him in a negative light. You understand? Okay. Um, the uh, next one is... Maybe she's trying to make the point that even an ugly person can be a That's what we're making a point. <laughs> but uh, it's a bigger Tamachacham, but he could tell, you know, everything is visible from the tone. Okay. Um, so the next we talked about this termitin egg, which is a egg that took, uh, first of all, any sl- Shmuel says any slave that knows how to do this, is worth a thousand dinarim. He's a very valuable slave. And basically, they would take the egg and switch it from hot to cold, hot to cold, um, a thousand times until it shrinks to the size of a pill that you could swallow. And then they would swallow it, and then it would basically go swallow it whole, and come out the backside, and they would be able to look by the color of the egg what type of diseases the person has, and it's a great tool for diagnosis. Anyway, the story goes that um, um, Shmuel um, had himself did, did a similar test with either something else, and uh, the pain was uh, overbearing that, that even the women in the household would, were crying, they pulled their hair out, whatever it is. Okay. Um, next we talked about is uh, that uh, there's halacha when it comes to workers getting, allowing to eat what they're working, and they're working in the field, so if like, they're working with dates, they can eat the dates. So um, so basically, if it's this type of date, they can't work with it. They can't eat the different kind of date. Um, what is this kalufsin date that we're talking about? It's a type of date that they make a certain dish from lafti. And what happened was is that it's a very, um, I think it's a very, it sounds like it's a very flexible dish. Because uh, there was a guy who paid, uh, gave his servant to someone to teach him a thousand ways to prepare this particular dish. A thousand ways. Um, and he taught him 800 out of a thousand. And then he wanted it, it took the guy to court because he ripped him off of 200 different ways that he was supposed to teach him. Um, so Rebbe says, I can't believe that, that, there's, that these people like that that are so into their food that they need to know all thousand ways to eat to eat a specific dish. Um, anyway, so that's the story. Um, so what happened? What happened? We that's it. Know. That's the end of the story. That's all we know. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, it's like this guy is too much into his food. That's really what he was saying. In the meantime, I find it a funny contrast because when Rebbe made his party for his son, Reb Shimon, he, um, he, the, the, the cost of this dinner was, I don't know, 200, it's a... Two, 240 million dinarim. 240 million dinarim. Outrageous. Outrageous, right. 
Um, and uh, apparently he did not invite Bar Kapara to this. He did not invite Bar Kapara to the wedding. Bar Kapara was insulted. And it's like if the people who are sinners get such reward in this world, can you imagine what the good people are going to get in the world to come? Um, so he's like, okay, then he got invited. And, well, not well, because you didn't invite him, whatever. Then he finally did invite him. And then, um, and then he says, "Oh, this is the reward for people in the Olam Azek, for Tzadikim. Can you imagine the reward? He changes to the world in the Olam Abba, all the more so. And that was where we left off. Just to give you a little bit of a background over here with Bar Kapara, he was a uh, he was a Badchan. A Badchan was a jokester, oh. and he was a very funny person. And uh, he used to cheer Rebbe up." Okay, the thing is, is that the Rebbe wasn't it wasn't good for the world when Rebbe was in a good mood, uh, because, and so it's kind of hard to explain. But basically, Rebbe was somebody who um, took on a suffering, and the suffering that happened to him basically made it that the world didn't have to suffer if he was suffering. Basically, that's the way. I don't know. It sounds weird. Okay, whatever. Okay, okay, that's okay. Anyway, that's the story. Bottom line is, we'll see more about this in today's stuff. Okay, stop.